You say, how amazing is God? He's more amazing than I can describe. Amen? Amen. Amen. This is, you know, every Sunday as a church, every church celebrates the resurrection of Jesus. That's why we have church on Sunday instead of on Saturday. Right? But today is really resurrection day. It's the run, the one that we mark where Jesus rose from the dead. Hallelujah. It's an amazing day with an amazing Savior. Oh. In fact, I, you know, I was pondering, what, what did Mary and the disciples, what they must have thought? They, 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 they went to the tomb, and the angels said, He isn't here. He is risen. And um, they were like, that's amazing. That's incredible. I'm not really sure. I'm seeing things. This can't be true. You think maybe they thought that? But what if it is? What if Jesus really did rise from the dead? Hmm. Is Jesus really alive? What does it mean? What does it mean to us? Hmm. Remember, they didn't have a New Testament to read the story about. They just were in the middle of the story. And what did they think? What did they think? It's so easy for us to look back through history and through all of our teaching and through all the scriptures. And it's not the view the disciples had. They had fear and unknown. But from our perspective, what we see happening on the cross and, and the three days that followed the resurrection... It's truly amazing. It's truly amazing. You know, the sign of the cross says, Jesus is the king of the Jews. I'm here to tell you, he's king of everyone and everything. Not just the Jews. Everyone and everything. And you know that the cross was planned for from the very beginning. From the very beginning. I like it in Genesis 3.15, just after Adam and Eve fell, God came on the scene and he says, he prophesies, he says, the seed of the woman will bruise the serpent's head and you will bruise his heel. And that word bruise, I like the translation, I put it loosely translated, I'm going to leave him in utter defeat, I want to take all of his power away. Amen? Hmm. I will put enmity between you and the woman. And between your seed and her seed. And he will bruise your head and he will bruise his heel. And so the story of redemption begins all the way back in Genesis. God's breakthrough to curse the serpent on Easter started with nothing more than a tiny seed. The seed of, of Eve. He would bruise the head of the serpent. But oh, the power of a seed. Oh, the power of a seed. In fact, Jesus said about seeds, he said, the seed is the word of God. And when it's planted in the good soil of your heart, it can bear fruit a hundredfold. I think about corn. I was thinking about corn. And I was thinking, you know, when you plant one seed of corn, you get a plant of corn. And that plant has three or four ears. I'm not sure how many they have. Always have, but they have about three or four at least. And every ear of corn has 16 rows in an ear. 
of colonels and about 800, maybe even as much as 1,200 colonels in that, in that year of corn. That's a lot of corn. That, I mean, that's more than 100 fold. It's more than 100 fold. But it's important to remember that that corn plant didn't bear any apples. Remember that. The corn plant did not bear any apples. Didn't get any pears either. When God mentioned the seed of the woman at that very first verse of Genesis 3.15, the devil didn't really know what God was prophesying about. That it was a mystery that a future Savior would come and he would destroy the power of the enemy. Hmm. And that Savior would be Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. It reveals to us how much God loves us, how much he is determined to show himself strong on behalf of those, in, of those who love him. Hmm. And how he does not tolerate the devil's lies and what the devil does concerning us. God declared war after man sinned. He was declaring that a seed was coming who would crush the devil's head. I like how the Message Bible reads that verse. It says, I'm declaring war between you and the woman, between your seed and hers. He will wound your head and you will wound his heel. God was declaring there would be enmity between a war, hostility, however you want to say it, between God and the devil, between the seed of the woman and the seed of the devil. In the, from there on in the Old Testament, all the way through, God draws a picture for us. Like Moses said, a prophet's coming like me. Follow him. Abraham had a son, and in that son he said, the seed, in that seed, everyone in the, in the earth will be blessed. And he was talking about Jesus. In Genesis, I mean in Galatians, it says, to the seed, that would be Jesus. You'll be blessed. I think about what we did on Friday night. We celebrated the Passover. And that Passover pointed to Jesus. And all of the feasts that the Jewish people celebrated pointed to Jesus. I think about David over and over and over again. The Psalms point to Jesus. I think about Isaiah. In chapter 53 particularly we think of that one. But all through Isaiah he points to Jesus. In fact, I have a book well, at least I did. I don't know if I do anymore. But it had listed the, the bloodline of Jesus in every book of the Old Testament. It showed how he, God was revealing Jesus. All through the Old Testament, he's building a story. Every Jewish girl wondered if she would be the one to bear the seed that would bring freedom to God's people. God continued to prophesy over and over again of the coming of the seed of the woman who would crush the serpent's head. In the New Testament, in Galatians chapter 4, it says, verse 4, verse 7, chapter 4, verse 4, it says, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman. That seed has come. That seed has come. To redeem those who are under the law. All of us, that we might receive adoption as sons. He came to save us. And it says in verse 6, And because you are sons and daughters, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts. And you can cry, Abba, Father. And you are no longer a slave, but you are a son. 
an heir of God through Christ. It's interesting to note in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, um, Paul's writing and he says in verse chapter 2 verse 7, he says, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, even God, which God ordained before the world for our glory, unto which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would have not have crucified the Lord of glory. They didn't understand who Jesus was or what was happening. The devil was kept in the dark. I like that. He was kept in the dark about it. And so he went with the plan. Well, let's crucify him. Let's get rid of him. But it didn't work. It did not work. In chapter 2 of Acts, Peter's preaching and he says in verse 23, God knew that Jesus would be handed over to you to be crucified. And that you would execute him on a cross by the hands of lawless men. Yet all of it was part of God's predetermined plan. God destroyed the cords of death and raised him up because it was impossible for death's power to hold him prisoner. Jesus is alive. In chapter 2 of Colossians, it says, Then Jesus, it's talking about Jesus and what happened at the cross. Then Jesus made a public spectacle of all the powers and principalities of darkness. He made a public spectacle of all the power of hell. Stripping away from their every weapon and all their spiritual authority and power. And by the power of the cross, Jesus led them around as prisoners in a procession of triumph. He was not their prisoner, but they were his. Hallelujah. Jesus won. He won. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, it says, Since all the children, since all his children have flesh and blood, so Jesus became human to fully identify with us. He did this so he could experience death and annihilate the effects of the intimidating accuser who holds against us the power of death. Think about what's happening in these verses. It says, by embracing death, Jesus sets free those who live their entire lives in bondage to the tormenting dread of death. For it's clear that he didn't do this for the angels. He did this for the sons and daughters of Abraham. This is why he had to be made a man and take hold of our humanity in every way. He made his brothers and sisters, and he made us his brothers and sisters, and became our merciful and faithful king and priest before God. As the one who removed our sins and made us one with him, he suffered and endured every temptation and test so that he can help us every time we need it. Amen? Amen. And then he appeared to John, and he said, I'm the one who was dead, and, I'm, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and hell. He conquered Satan. Say that with me. He conquered Satan. He He stripped him of all his authority. He has the keys that represent authority. Jesus is master of all of hell. But he didn't conquer Satan just for himself. Hmm. He conquered him for us. For you and for me. He conquered Satan for us. It was as if you had personally met Satan and conquered him and stripped him of his authority 
and stood as master over him. Maybe we can understand why Jesus gave us the power of attorney to use his name. He said, in my name you will cast out demons and you will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. He gave us his name to use because his name is victory. If only we realize the power of that fact. That we actually have the legal right to use his authority. And the power that's invested in his name. Oh, what a difference it would make. You have the authority, the power of authority to use his name. Amen. Just let that sink in for a minute. Yeah. If you stood... In Romans chapter 1, verse 4, just in the introduction that Paul gives to the Romans, this verse, chapter verse, chapter 1, verse 4, but as the mighty Son of God, he was raised from the dead, and he was miraculously set apart with a display of triumphant power supplied by the Spirit of Holiness. And now Jesus is our Lord and our Messiah. Hmm. Jesus threw off the forces of darkness and held him in captivity. He stripped them of their authority and their power and their dominion over him and us. He is the master of death and the conqueror of the grave. He is victorious. Redemption morning has come. This day. And, and because of that, we are, we are born again. Say, I'm born again in the power of the blood of Jesus. That son of God who died like a lamb has now risen like a king. He is the high priest of the new covenant. He has entered into heaven as a high priest and he offered his blood in the Holy of Holies for our redemption. Satan is defeated. He is defeated. And as head of the new creation, he is, Jesus is the victor. He is the victor. But he is also an example to all the members of the body of Christ that we are overcomers. We are masters of circumstances and of all demonic forces. Christ arose to the full stature of his Godhead in the presence of the adversary. He threw off from himself principalities and powers and all of their evil schemes he made a show of them openly and he took trophies when he arose from the dead you could hear him say I was dead but behold I'm alive forevermore yeah. remember this scene Ruth read this morning the women came to the sepulcher and they were looking for Jesus and the angel said fear not I know you seek Jesus who has been crucified but he is not here. He is risen. He is risen even as he said come and see where he laid. Jesus died as the lamb but he rose as a risen king. Hallelujah. The resurrection of Jesus let love loose. It enabled God to give eternal life to you and to me. Out of that dark tomb came the light of the ages. I wonder, <clears throat> I told you to think about, to remember that 
Um, corn doesn't produce apples. You remember that? Everybody agree? No disagreements? No. It doesn't produce apples. But that says, that shows the principle that God says in his word. Every, in Genesis chapter 1, he says, every seed produces its own kind. Corn produces corn. Apples produce apples. They don't do the opposite, right? Every seed, well, Jesus is the seed that was buried. And we are the fruit of that seed. You are the fruit of that seed. And so, if it's bearing, if that, that seed of Jesus is what produced the fruit in you, what does it look like? What do you think the devil sees when he sees you? He sees Jesus because Jesus produced you. He produced you. You are the fruit of his seed. Jesus said, if a seed doesn't get buried, it doesn't produce a harvest. But if you bury a seed, it will produce a harvest. You can have lots of corn in your hand and you can keep that corn in a jar you can keep it on your shelf for a long time and it'll last. But if you bury those seeds, they'll produce corn. And Jesus was the seed that was buried that produced you. The resurrection of Jesus meant that Satan was defeated. And we were born of his seed. And the new creation is a master, just like Jesus was. In 1 John chapter 5, it says, Who is he that overcometh the world? He that is born of God. He that is born of God. That means you and me, we can overcome the world. God showed us in that powerful prayer, Prophetic declaration in Genesis chapter 3.15. A principle that's true right now for you and for me. The seed of the woman would bruise his head. You are the seed of that seed. And your breakthrough today begins when you believe that. We have to realize that Jesus was a, a serpent crusher. Amen? And you are a... Say that again. Yeah. Hallelujah. We're called to crush the power of the devil. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 16, 20, God, the God of peace, will crush Satan under your feet. Yeah. That makes you a servant crusher. You don't have to avoid and run from the devil. Says if you if you resist him, he'll flee from you. Two people entered a fight and one of them runs. 
And it ain't you. It ain't me. You've been made to be a serpent crusher because of what Jesus did. His seed was literally, his seed literally imparted to you spiritual DNA. It changed the very makeup of your being. Think about this for a minute. He imparted to you his spiritual DNA and he changed the very makeup of your being. Into his image and his likeness. And so when the enemy looks at you, he sees Jesus. The seed of Christ in you has given you that power. Jesus said in Luke ten nineteen, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Not 90% of the power, but all the power. All the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Hallelujah. I believe what he said. See, in 1 Peter 1.23 it says, You have been born again, not with corruptible seeds, but with incorruptible, through the word of God. And by the way, the word of God is Christ. Right? In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Which lives and abides forever, that verse says. Jesus is the seed in you. Hallelujah. Jesus, I think that this kind of gives you some insight into what it says in Hebrews 12 too. It says there that for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He despised the shame and he has sat down at the right hand of God. <clears throat> because Jesus knows what happens when seeds die. It was vital for him to die on the cross. Because if no seed was planted through his death, there would be no breakthrough of resurrection and no result in other seeds being reproduced. That's why he looked past the pain of the cross. He knew that the seed that he was about to plant of his own life would reap a harvest beyond measure in you and I. Hmm. And he knew that would destroy the works of the devil. The same incorruptible seed that was the, the life-giving spirit in him is now in you, in me, and in every person who trusts in Christ. We're born of an incorruptible seed. Hmm. I can just imagine what the devil must have thought when Jesus rose from the grave. He thought for three days, I've got him, it's over. And then all of a sudden, it wasn't. Jesus rose. What they thought when all the powers of hell that thought they had taken care of this problem found out that they didn't kill the seed of Jesus. But they had enabled many others to be born of that same incorruptible power. Hallelujah. The devil, the devil didn't bank on the fact that Jesus was a seed that was going to reproduce millions of other seeds like him, like you and me. And that every one of those seeds, every one of those seeds, every one of you is a serpent crusher. Amen? Amen. 
in John 12:24, Jesus said, if a seed dies, it produces many seeds. And you are the many seeds. Everything that God, everything God made reproduces after its own kind. Seeds, apples become apples, corn becomes corn, and Jesus becomes Jesus in us. Hallelujah. That that in Romans six five I like this verse. It says, If we have been planted together, if you have been planted together in the likeness of his death, if you have been planted in the likeness of his death, you shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Let that grip you. You're going to be in the likeness of his resurrection. The power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. In 1 John 4, 4, 17, it says, Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in the world. Hallelujah. That's a good verse. That's a good verse. <laughs> when we are planted with Christ in his death, we are raised with him in his resurrection. Hallelujah. It's just, it's just incredible. It's amazing what God has done for us in the in the resurrection what God has done for us through Christ. We have his authority and his power to destroy the works of darkness. Think about what Jesus said in John 14, 12. He said, He that believes in me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and even greater works shall he do, because I go to the Father. Wow. Greater works. The power, the power of Jesus walks in our lives and operates in us. Oh, praise you, Lord. I know that the devil regrets the day he crucified Jesus because from that act, he let loose a wave of serpent crushers all through history. We have been born again for victory. We have been born again for victory. Jesus rose from the grave and I rose with him. I carry his likeness. He is a serpent crusher and I am a serpent crusher. Amen. And you are a serpent crusher. People, we have been born again for victory. Rebecca shouted that we have victory and it's true. It's absolutely true. We have the victory. Amen? Stand with me. We're going to sing a song as we close today. But just allow His victory to flood through your body, through your spirit, and overwhelm you. He is the victory. <laughs>